Hello and welcome to Soxology, a podcast that brings you news and analysis on the Chicago White Sox. It's our first episode. You will find my father and I diving into topics such as White Sox roster outlook, first impressions on Pedro Bafal, the new manager, and Tim Anderson's comments to Chuck Garfine. It's going to be a fun one. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. It is Sunday, February 26, 2023. I'm your host of the Soxology podcast, Mike Hartung, and with me for the entirety of this 2023 season is my father, George, and it's our first episode. Dad, how are you doing today? How are we feeling? Good, 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 good. Excited. One game of spring training under our belts. Let's go. Now, what we're going to do here, I was planning on a few topics. I think the first topic that we're going to hit on is the White Sox roster outlook. So we're looking at catcher. Yasmani Grandal is going to be the starter. And as his backup is going to be Sebi Savala. Um, first base, looking at Andrew Vaughn. Second base, Elvis Andrus, who they just signed last week. Tim Anderson as a shortstop. Third base, Yoan Moncada. Left field, looking at Andrew Benintendi, and we're excited to have him aboard for the ride here. Center fielder, Luis Robert Jr. Don't forget the junior. He is a junior now. Right field, per fangraphs.com, Gavin Sheets is what they're saying. Again, us Sox fans, we know that Oscar Colas has a good shot. So as we run through the lineup here, what, what, what are your thoughts? Well, with the outfield situation, I think Benintendi will be an upgrade because he's a pretty good fielder. Um, he hit for decent average last year with uh, not much power, so we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, Robert, same story as going in the last year. Can he stay healthy? If he can stay healthy, I think he's got a chance to put up big numbers. Uh, but uh, so far in his career, that's been a big if. Right field, I think they're going to give Colas every opportunity to win that job. And um, if not, you will see a lot of sheets. I want to see a lot of sheets. I want to see him get a lot of uh, get his at bats. It's just going to be hard about where he's going to find them. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I like Gavin a lot. I think he was showing a lot of promise, not just hitting the home, um, home run ball, right, but actually making contact with the ball. Um, especially when they send him back down to AAA in the middle of the year. Um, but I, I love to see him get the opportunity. I'm also, you know, I'm going to throw out this name in right field because it's been brought up multiple times. <laughs> um, Aloy Jimenez, you know, he's, he lost about 25 pounds going into spring training. Falls saying that he has a shot. I don't know if he's just saying it just to, you know, because he can't just say, no, Aloy, you're going to be a DH just to get his hopes up and then, dash him but what do, what do you think about Aloy Jimenez in the outfield well it scares me I mean uh, you were there a couple springs ago when he uh, made the catch or tried to make a catch on a home run and was out for I was you know beginning of the year <laughs> yeah um uh, I in right field's harder to play than left and he hasn't shown he can play left so um I if they're showing him if they're teasing him to try to keep him interested because he's he's on the record of saying he doesn't want to be the DH um, I don't like it because they're risking him for injury. Uh, first game already, he was in right field in spring. Um, I, we have the enough outfielders this year. Um, I, I don't, I don't like it. I think he should just hit and uh, be resigned to that. Um, it's going to be uh, if he doesn't like it. I'm sorry, but that's that's what I think. Yeah, I think my my head's um, the, the same way there. I think I'm thinking the same wavelength as you. Um, but I. 
I, I can see a world where he's going to fill in. I really do think that Grafal is going to have him fill in uh, based on everything I'm reading and hearing from the, the, the team. Um, but I, I don't think it's going to be often. Maybe he plays like 10 games in the outfield this year. I hope it's less than that, but I assume that um, he came into camp light on his feet. I, I, I bet he plays the outfield. Um, yeah, I think it'll probably be more than 10 games because I, I think uh, what they have this year that they haven't had in their lineup is a little flexibility where they can go with Ben Attendee, Sheets, and Colas and uh, – a healthy Grandel. I think uh, when they're getting some of the lefty bats out of the lineup, you'll see him in the outfield. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then I know that they have some of these, um, you know, minor league deals in place like Victor Reyes or Jake Marisnik. Maybe they'll be like a, a fourth or fifth type outfielder bench guy or a Billy Hamilton, the hitter, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, right. Um, but who knows who will break camp. Adam Engel's gone this year and he's been pretty much a you know, fourth or fifth outfielder defensive wise, he was wonderful, but uh, we, you know, and he kept getting hurt and he didn't hit when he played. So um, I'm excited about a couple of those guys. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. The, uh, the infield, I think if we want to jump to the infield, what are your thoughts on, on first, second, short, third base? What, what are we thinking about our infield? Well, Vaughn is at his uh, natural position finally. Uh, though he played more DH than first, and even in at UCLA or in the in uh, in college. Um, Cal, yeah, Cal, yeah. And then um, he, I'd like to just see him play in the lineup every day and up high enough where he gets at bats. I don't want to see him jumping around like he did last year. You know, second this game, fourth this game, eighth or ninth the next game. Uh, hopefully, uh, without Tony, that won't happen. Um, he, I think he needs to see at-bats on a regular basis, lefty, righty, whoever. Uh, and that also, because I, I do want to see Sheets get some at-bats, um, and I don't want to see it at, at Vaughn's cost. I don't know where they're going to find him from, but I, I don't want it to be Vaughn. Um, the rest of the infield, Mankata's shown he can field. His fielding stats are good. I, I think you and I both watch him sometimes in the field that he doesn't seem to get the balls that um, he, I don't know if it was focused or what, that um, it just seems like a, some some get by him. Um, Elvis Andrus showed he can play shortstop better than T.A., but obviously they're not going to give him shortstop over T.A. and move Tim. Um, so uh, it's a big year for Tim. And uh, I like Andrus uh, coming back. It's probably the best feel-good story of the offseason. But uh, there is a reason why on February 20th he was available for $3 million. Let's hope he can uh, bring uh, what he brought last year and, uh, and and continue with that. Yeah, I, I agree um, with most of what you said. I know Yoan Moncada at third base, I, I he's so frustrating. I mean, you and I have talked about it for years now. The guy has all the talent in the world, but you know the, his only really great year was 2019 when the balls were juiced. So how can he go back to that level of hitting the ball over the fence and and running the bases smartly and all that type of stuff. I, I don't know. Um, will Grafal and this coaching staff help him out um, better than the coaching staff's prior? How much does coaching even help him? <laughs> because he does look right. like sometimes he takes off plays and takes off, you know, when he runs the first base, he's not hustling all the time, but maybe that's just the way he looks. Right. So I think he gets a bad rap on all that. His fielding stats are really, really good, but I I've always skeptical on um, defensive run saved and all the analytics that go into 
defense um, because Matt Chapman's like a great defender, but the past three years he had bad analytics at third base. So it just doesn't make any really sense to me. Um, shortstop, you're right, TA, huge year, especially, um, you know, on, I know you're not on Twitter, but I'm on Twitter. Tim Anderson is tweeting out, you know, that <laughs> replies basically that he might not, you know, be a White Sox after two years because they're not, they normally don't, you know, pay for star talent and star players. And especially after all these shortstops in the league got a lot of money this off season. Um, it's big for Tim to, to show out. So I think he will. Um, you're right. Elvis Andrus, 34 years old. Yeah. I mean, he's um feel good story. It's nice to have him back. I you're right. I, I don't know what he's going to contribute to this team. Um, will he be better than Josh Harrison last year? Right. Um, will he be the same, guy that he was with you know the white Sox in the 30 40 something games that he played who knows i do think andrew vaughn at first base he's gonna be um he's a great hitter pure hitter everybody talks about him being the next guy guy so i i think he's going to be um now is that 25 30 home runs or 35 home runs i mean i don't know i think he has an opportunity to do so um but yeah i'm, I'm excited about the infield I think Yuan can break out this year, hopefully, but we say that every year. And I think Elvis is a good second baseman or can be. So I'm excited about it. I think we're going to run into catcher now about a guy that you and I both kind of are very skeptical on and Yasmani Grandal and Sebi Zavala backing him up. What do you think about the catching situation? Well, I mean, uh, Grandal is really, really um, last year of his contract whether he has the best year of his career or has another year like last year, I don't think we'll see him again. Catching is a weird position. It kind of reminds me of running back in the NFL. Uh, like one day you're just old. I've, I've seen, you know, Eddie George and these running backs that get all these carries, Larry Johnson. Um, they are awesome. And then one day they're just gassed. They're just spent. It's like a, a like 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 a like a horse a plow horse or something and Grandal is thirty four and another thing that accelerates that is is anything to do with the knee with squatting and he's had uh, a couple minor procedures not too bad but he has had some procedures done to his knees I I don't um, uh, he's very I'm I'm skeptical of having a good year uh, Savala uh, contributed uh, he's decent he's decent behind the plate and he contributed more than we thought uh, with the bat last year. Um, I think they're going to have to end up relying on him the, mo uh, the most, but whether he's a number one catcher, I don't, um, I, I have doubts on that. So it's not a position that I'm have a really great feeling about going into the year. Uh, me either. I, I was really hoping that the front office would get a catcher this off season, <laughs> whether it yeah. be Christian Vasquez or, um, you know, even, I mean, Austin hedges, I know he doesn't hit, but he's a good behind the plate. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of different guys out there. There probably still are a few out there. I know Manny Pena was one of those guys that I said, maybe again, these aren't household names, but I, I think that it'd be good, especially behind Grandal. I mean, and, and the, the biggest thing about these position players on the Chicago White Sox is that um, a lot of them didn't play last year. I mean, if, if you look at the games played for these players, Tim Anderson, 79 games, Luis Robert Jr., 98 games, Jimenez, 84 games, Moncada, 104 games, Grandal, 99 games, you know, so obviously the core that Han put together 
didn't really play together. Right. And uh, that's what they keep um, um, hanging on to. That want, want to see these guys play together. It's it's basically uh, the same as the other Reinsdorf team with Lonzo Ball and all that. But uh, um, Grandel, if he can, uh, he's got to walk and get on base like he's done in the past, and uh, basically just not hurt us. I mean, two years ago when we were at the Astro playoff games. Uh, they they were they they were running silly because Grandel couldn't do anything from behind the plate and uh, uh, so we either need Sebi to be step up and be a number one or Grandel to have this uh, miraculous return fountain of youth thing and uh, and again health all over the place that's like you said these guys have not played games um, together and uh, a lot of them are coming up on big seasons they aren't the young up and coming team they were two three years ago. Uh, where you were just in uh, hopeful and uh, impressed by their, their talent, but now talent has to translate into performance. And that's where a couple of these guys have gotten hung up. How about uh, Ben and I know we didn't really jump into that yet, but what do you think about the acquisition? What do you think he'll bring to the team? Um, I think it'll be a decent, uh, he's a good outfielder. He's a left-handed bat, which we need. Um, he puts the ball in play, which uh, with the new rules and uh, uh, that's become more and more important now. Um, I'm I'm not overwhelmed. I mean, it's it's funny. I think he's a guy. He's the the highest <laughs> free agent signing in our history of our team, and he's to me he's just a guy. Yep. You know, um, if um, if sheets hits crazy, I'd want to have sheets play over him, and that'll never happen because of the contract. Um, so yeah, I think, I think he's okay. I think he's fine. I don't think he's going to carry us. It doesn't think he's going to hurt us. You know, let's, but that's basically where I'm at with him. It's so funny as Sox fans, it's sad. It's like, once they do something like this and, and, and it's, you know, $75 million, which a lot of teams owners would scoff at, we're all super excited, or at least some of the fan base is like, wow, they're spending money. Like they're teasing yeah. us that they're actually spending money, yeah. <laughs> but this is just what the way the market is right now. And um, it's just, uh, it's funny because he is just a guy. He's, he's not. And you know, TA probably looks at it like, come on, really? You got this guy. <laughs> yeah. When I'm your star player and I can understand how he might be upset about it, but you know, he signed that contract, that team friendly deal. But yeah, it's um it's interesting yeah. and and um you know Luis Robert I jump into center field I mean again it's all health for him and we're really high on him I think everybody is but he needs to play games and he needs to um I hope stop swinging at the first pitch <laughs> yeah um, and all that type of stuff I mean what do you think about him Well I mean the the, the talents there I mean you know MVP triple crown type talents there. Uh, I hope the bigger bases help him. He seems to have jammed wrist and turned fingers a lot, sliding in. Maybe um, it's it's a it's a, a few inches thing, but it can be a game of inches at times. And because uh, he, and he's gotten hurt that way. I maybe maybe with the bigger base it'll hurt him because it'll jam it quicker or something. Uh, but his his talent is um, unlimited. Uh, watching him play center field, he floats rather than really – it almost doesn't look like how fast he's running, and he really is running fast. So I I, I, I like the, the young man. I think he's uh, got unbelievable talent. Uh, can we keep him healthy and on the field? Uh, last year when he obviously couldn't even swing and he was going up there four times a, yeah. a day, 
uh, a night. It was, um, I was sad to see. It was, it was very, it was, that was maybe you angry. Why are we doing this to this kid? It did. It did. And I think that, you know, obviously with TRLR running the, running the team and I think a last ditch, <laughs> a, a lot, a last ditch effort um, to, try to salvage the season by just playing guys when they obviously couldn't play like him and Larry Garcia on one leg and all that type of stuff. And Larry shouldn't even be starting, but that was another <laughs> issue from last year. And uh, what do you think about Larry Garcia? Just going to our bench really quick. Do, do you think he'll even be on the team? I mean, with Elvis, with Elvis signing, I, I don't even know if there's room for Larry Garcia. Especially. Well, with Andrus, that's that pretty much was on Jake Berger. Yeah. So where you know Garcia, his what was his contract like three years seven million or something like that or three no years? three three years fifteen million five 15, a year okay yeah yeah that that you're right um still in today's baseball that's nothing if he uh, I don't think that contract should be a guarantee to go north um not that I think Berger can play second but you have Andrus and if Berger has to be on the roster rather than lose him. Which has got to be soon. I don't. Know, I, I. I should look. I should looked up how many options he has left. Um. Um. Uh, Garcia, whether he makes the team or not, is doesn't affect me either way, and I don't think it matters. A game in the in the Sox uh, win total. I agree. Jake Berger has one option. Um, okay. Left and so they can uh, send him down one more time, and then when they bring him up, and that's another thing. Um, you know. This is the first year that Mankata's big money kicks in. If he can't produce at the plate again, uh, will the Sox eat that money and either give Berger a chance? I know uh, his defense is uh, shaky, um, but um, he probably deserves a chance if he hits the ball all spring again, like in in in, in pockets here or there when he finally gets playing time. Um, will Will Han and the White Sox? eat some money if these guys don't produce. I mean, you can't have a fourth season of Mancata not producing with the bat and just rolling them out there for, you know, every game whenever he's healthy. Yeah. No, no matter the, you know, the 17, $20 million that he's going to be getting, you know? Right. That shouldn't uh -huh. even affect it. When they're getting utilities, if Gonzalez or Sosa or one of those guys uh, would be better served on the major league roster than Larry, that's fine. I mean, he, those you can't make decisions like that in today's baseball. No, no, I I agree with that. Well, I, I think we ran through the lineup pretty good and the position players. We'll go to the starting rotation really quick. I think this is pretty self-explanatory. We're looking at Dylan Cease um, as the one, um, Lance Lynn, Giolito, uh, our guy, <laughs> Clevenger, who knows what's going to happen with him, and then Michael Kopech. Um and then obviously Davis Martin as like a, a six starter type guy. So what do you first reaction to this uh, starting rotation? It's kind of like a lot the, the rotation as a whole is like, we were talking about some individual individual players. Will they be there every start to contribute? Uh, Lynn um, played pitch well at the end of the year. Uh, and we're asking a lot. We're asking a few things. Um Dylan Cease had the best year of his career, historic in some stretches. Um, we're asking him to repeat that because he's got to be, he's got to be our ace. He's, he's got to be by far our best pitcher. Um, Giolito, will he be, bounce back? I, I, if he doesn't bounce back, can he be a consistent number four starter? I, I don't need him to 
be an all-star again or be top of the rotation, but he can't get his brains beating out there. Um, Clevenger's interesting. I, I, I didn't like the signing, honestly, before all the uh, garbage that came with it. If he's healthy and makes the school and, and he, he's not suspended and he's pitching, he hasn't pitched that well in a couple of years. How well is he going to pitch? And with um, Cueto going, we need Clevenger to come in. That, that came out of nowhere last year. We need him to come in and have that type of year because that's what he's replacing. That's a lot of an ask without all the stuff that's going on outside. I like uh, Davis Martin as a spot starter, and if he has to step up, I think he'll be good. Uh, Kopech is another question. You can put him in the Jimenez-Robert um, bin where uh, he's got the arm. I am starting to wane on him. I, 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 I'd I love to be wrong. I'd love to him to go out there and pitch 30 starts and 160, 180 innings. I can't believe that I'm hoping for that because I'm old and I think, you know, 250 is what you're supposed to be doing, but nobody does that anymore. So if he could get 30 starts and pitch well, um, I'd be very pleasantly surprised. But there's there's too much that needs to go right for the starting staff that uh, has me very concerned. I agree. I I was advocating for them to go out and get another depth piece uh, at at starting pitcher, um, even after they got Clevenger, um, like a Waka or a Dylan Bundy. There's one of those guys kind of like that. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, but right now the projections for Michael Kopech is 26 starts, 143 innings at like a, you know, four, four, three ERA is, is what Fangraphs is saying here. I don't know if that's good enough. I, I really think that he can be a, you know, a, a three, five ERA guy. If he pitches 140 innings and strikes out, you know, 160 guys, I think he can do that. And, um, but can he stay healthy? He had hamstring issues a lot the, the last couple mm-hmm. of years. Um, and, and when pitchers hurt their legs, I always get nervous because that's where all their power is generated from. And uh, you could tell he was throwing 99 some games in the 92, 93 other games. Um, right. But I, I, I really do think that he's, he's a guy where, just like a lot of this roster, they, he could be great. He really could be. But uh, to, to say that he's going to break out like Dylan Cease did last year, I'm not going to say that. I don't think that's going to happen. But um, Yeah. I don't think he has Dylan Cease's stuff to do that, to be honest. I agree. I, I think he's a different pitcher. I think he actually learned how to pitch a little bit last year, too, even without his good stuff. You, you saw him against the Yankees kind of dominate, even not throwing 99, 100 miles an hour. So I think it's there. I, I just don't know if he can stay healthy and be consistent. Um, and you know, Lance Lynn's Lance Lynn. I love him. Throws fastballs. He's just going to be a guy. Um, I, I don't know if he's going to be, he's getting older, right. And pitchers getting older. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. there's anomalies like, um, Scherzer and Verlander, but, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, with the pitch clock now, I think Lance is going to be fine. I think he's just going to be getting it and tossing it like he normally does. So I don't know. I'm hoping for a good year from him. Dylan sees, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that he, you know, ask him the repeats a lot, but if he does that, that's what the Sox need. And uh, if he limits those walks, I mean, he can even be better. And then uh, Giolito, it's a contract year. I'm high on him this year. I really think he's going to pitch well um, just because of, you know, what's on the table for him and his future career in the, in the big league. So I really do think he's going to have a good year. Well, with the new pitch clock, he's only 43. Maybe they bring back Burley. Maybe, <laughs> right. That would be great. That'd be fun. 
Um, he didn't throw hard anyways. Uh, I guess oh, next you're probably heading to the bullpen. I think so. Yeah. Um, we'll jump to the bullpen. Uh, right now they're saying Kendall Graveman as a closer. Um, Aaron Bummer, Joe Kelly, Ronaldo Lopez, Jake Diekman, uh, Jose Ruiz, uh, the Rule 5 pick, Nick Avila, and then Jimmy Lambert to round it out. Obviously, you know, they they, they really did a lot of small moves in the offseason to maybe um, have a couple guys replace some of these guys of injuries or, you know, then don't pitch well in spring training. But overall uh, outlook right now on the on opening day, what it looks like, obviously, with Liam Hendricks out and Crochet um, still rehabbing. Yeah, I think uh, the sacks were um, – it's really a shame about Liam. He just seems to be a, a great, great guy, great teammate. He's a character. I, I love it. Um, uh, 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 how what he brought, what he brings to the, the team. I think he was in every trade rumor and probably wouldn't be on this roster if he was healthy. So I think the Sox were kind of leaning towards his replacing him already. Um, maybe that's what they got Gate Graveman for. Um, I think they were looking that way. I think they were even toying with the idea of um, Ronaldo Lopez's future as maybe a closer. But right now, um, with uh, with what we backtracking to the starting staff and some of the uh, questions there, he'd probably be the um, most logical candidate to stretch out and become a starter if needed. Uh, but I, but he will start the bullpen for sure, unless something crazy happened in the spring. So I think um, without Hendricks, it's going to hurt. Uh, roles are going to be a little different, but I think they have the arm overall. They can probably step up and fill them. Um, I, I'd like to see Ronaldo Lopez and Jimmy Lambert uh, pitch more. I'd like to see Diekman not pitch at all or less. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Matt Foster a couple of years ago looked unbelievable. Then he looked like he couldn't get a guy out. So he was up and down. But relievers do that. They have good years, bad years. Um, overall, I think the bullpen is going to be okay, even with Hendricks hurt uh, or, or sick. Joe Kelly can't be as bad as he was last year. <laughs> he can't. No. Um, and even when he was not getting guys out and walking everybody, his knuckle curve and everything was coming up there in high 90s. So I, th I think the arm's fine. He's just got to, um, again, be healthy and, um, you know, figure some things out. I think he could come back. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, I do too. I, I think, I think, um, I really think he might close games too, because they're going to have a closer by committee, I, I believe. So I, I think, Graveman, Kelly, Lopez, you know, those guys are going to be splitting some, some time um, doing that. I mean, who knows, maybe one of them wins it, but I, I really do think that, you know, a lot of them have electric stuff. And I think Pedro in the beginning is just going to kind of roll with the hot hand. I, I would assume that's what they do, but yeah, I, 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 the bullpen has arms, right? I, I think, I think that's, uh, that's what we like. They all throw hard. So I, I, um, I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, me too. And uh, uh, some of them are pretty young, but there might be uh, a prospect or two or an invitee uh, that surprises us. That happens every year. Um, somebody you're not thinking about joins the team. I, I think, you know, a couple of their top prospect pitchers like Schultz and stuff are too young. But um, we might see some of these other guys, uh, a couple of the signings, international signings we had a couple of years ago. Uh, some of these guys that we weren't thinking of yet might uh, very well come in and, uh, and contribute. And uh, that would be very good to see.
Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, I think we ran through the roster. I, I like the outlook. I also think that it could crash and burn kind of in a way again, uh, yeah. but, but we'll be able to uh, hopefully find that out. <laughs> um, I am, uh, but again, a, a little worried, but cautiously optimistic with this team. Let's talk Pedro Gafal. What do you think about Pedro? First thoughts. Well, I like, he seems to, his, his reputation coming from anyone who was involved with him in um, in uh, Kansas City is very high. Everyone's very high on him. He's he's uh, was a, a you know a career uh, coach, which is 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 nice when those guys get a chance. Uh, he was you know Florida Player of the Year. Went to Florida State, played in a couple of College World Series. Was a really um, you know he, he, so he knows what stardom is, and he also knows to be a grinder because he grinded and uh, never you know never made it in the pros uh, to the highest level. But so I think he knows, which is usually those guys are the guys that make the the best uh, managers or the the ones who get hungry uh, when they when they Sorry. don't make it. Um, yep. I think he's in a tough position. I think right off of the gate, his toughest toughest position is the Clevenger deal. I mean, he's he's on the face of it, the public face of it. He's backing him and saying, you know, we're leaving it up to MLB because that's the company line right now. Um, Pedro Gafral just seems like a Everything I hear and everything I hear him talk, it sounds like a great gentleman. And he has three daughters himself. So I, I think his hands are tied with that situation that he's just going to go along with the company line. But I have a feeling, obviously, I don't know at all. I don't think he likes the situation. Um, but getting back to just strictly baseball, um, there really isn't a manager that they could have hired that I wouldn't have been happy about that Tony's not their manager. But this, he seems like a good manager. His credentials are good. Uh, I'm willing to give him every every benefit of the doubt and really pull in for him to do well. Yeah, I I agree. I kind of want to compare it to the Ozzie Guillen leaving after that kind of 2011 fiasco and then Robin coming in and it could have been anybody and that team would have played well. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think we're running into a situation kind of like that where Tony, very toxic, um, the clubhouse just looked like it was toxic last year. I don't know if that's true or not, but it just looked like it. Um, maybe not the guys in general, but just the way that they they played out on the field. So I, I really think that anybody could have came in here, and I think the team will be better than it was last year. And I, I really, like you, you said, all the right things about him. I, I really like the way he speaks. I, I like his background. He has all the credentials in the world to be a major league manager. So we'll just have to see what happens. I like that um, he's taking the he's basically just saying, hey, guys, we're going to work our butts off in spring training and we're going to assess every five days, which I thought is really cool. So basically taking each five days and saying, hey, what did we do right? What can we improve on? And then moving forward from there. I think that's great. It, it, it limits you from thinking about you know, too far in the past or too far in the future. Let's just focus on the present and then let's uh, try to figure it all out. So I'm excited, um, but I would have been excited again if it was anybody else. <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I, and I don't think we're going to have to hear the, the, the people in the stands have to call out the situations to the manager. <laughs> yeah. Pinch run Ingle. Yeah. yeah no, Tony, there's two strikes. <laughs> I don't think we're going to be seeing that too much. Uh, intentional walks with two strikes out of hitter twice. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, also I want to see – I would like to believe and hope that he has free power because today in today's base, 
baseball, a lot of the uh, the owners' box and the the the, the, the organization and the GMs uh, have a lot of say to day to day, not just in the lineups, but uh, how the game is played on the field more than ever before. And I'd like I'd like to believe that he has the power that if Mancata doesn't hit again, uh, Andrus, I think it's a great signing. He's three million dollars. If we come out of spring training and Sosa or Gonzalez look like they'll be better at second than him to say, I, that kid's going to play and Andrus is going to be our utility guy. Um, I want him to um, just have total rank. I want him to be free to do what he wants to do. I, I agree. I do not want a situation where Rick Hahn in the front office is um, pulling the strings and telling them what to do. And I, I, I hope that that wasn't a part of uh of the meeting room of the interview. <laughs> um, right, and, right. And, and, and I don't think it was, but who, who knows um, what goes on behind the right. doors. So, sometimes a career coach like that gets rewarded with a spot. Like um, when the team, but usually that see the Sox are a 500 team. Uh, usually it's a really bad team that they're like, you know, Hey, we'll let you get, be the manager, be the head coach. Who was the bulls head coach that was let go before Donovan? He was he was like he was in that situation. They just gave him the coach. Wasn't it wasn't Boylan? Yeah, Boylan. Yeah. He was a career coach, bounced around the Assistant. league forever. And they're yep. like, here, we're not gonna do any we 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 stink, we're not gonna win anything. You get to be coach and get a nice little payday. But um I, they, I, they shouldn't do that with this team. This team could conceivably win the division. I think a lot of things have to fall in place for that to happen. But the other two teams that really don't frighten me either so they have a shot they definitely do they definitely do awesome so we're going to jump over to the tim anderson comments that were swirling around um the media the, the chicago media the last few days um i'm not sure if you're familiar with what he said uh but he was on the Sox talk podcast with chuck garfine um and we all know who chuck Chuck Garfine is. He's been with the team for a long time as a reporter, sideline guy, and then now he's the pre and post game show, and he's on with Ozzie Guillen and sometimes Frank Thomas. Um, yeah, I, so so this is Tim chatting with Chuck Garfine on the Sox Talk podcast, um, and this is Tim responding to Chuck when talking about the disappointment of last season. He said, "Quote: There was a lot of confusion, a lot of people pulling from different angles, not just in the clubhouse, fans as well." little bit of everybody. The goal is trying to dumb that down and get it back. I'm pulling from the same string, including you is what he said to referring to Chuck Garfine. Then Chuck kind of responded like me, what? And then Tim continues saying, if you are one of our supporters and seeing someone struggling, like if you see your wife struggling, you are going to pat her on the back, right? So it's just one of those things. We are under the same umbrella. We should be full, be pulling from the same string, not tearing each other down and not tearing players down. We don't tear you down. So that's kind of a little gist of what he said. Um, there was more back and forth, but I mean, based on that, what, what, what do you think about what Timmy said? Well, I, I think it's, it's unfortunate and it was wrong and uncalled for. Unfortunate is just that the last couple of years of just this, a cloud has been hanging over this franchise and it's like a new beginning, new manager, and back to back, we get the Clevenger deal, and then Tim Anderson. Um, I think inappropriately and wrongly uh, going after Garfine, who's a he, he. I think he's a good pro pro uh, post and pregame uh, guy, but he's a Sox fan. He wants him to do well, like all the fans want to do well. 
Anderson's out of line. Uh, I work with family members and they're different. Yeah, they're my family. But if we're at work, um, I have to pull my end and they have to pull their end. And if something goes wrong, you have to treat it professionally as we're workers right now. Um, and so his family comment, I think, was uh, wrong in itself. But mainly it's he's professional. The, the, the team, the front office, the ownership, the minor league developed guys, they all need to be pulling the same rope. The broadcast is there to, to, to honestly depict what's going on and talk about it. All year long, Garfine was rooting and hoping they could make a, a run and turn this thing around right to the very end. And then he got frustrated and was just not just saying what was going on. He wasn't even calling anyone out specifically or, or being negative. He was just saying what was happening. The team was playing bad. The team was not playing up to standards. They told us it was playoffs or bust. That was their thing in the beginning of the season. So he wasn't doing anything uh, uh, uncalled for. He wasn't dogging Tim or any of the teammates. The team played below expectations and standards and deserved it. Garfine, if anything, was tiptoeing over it and being nice. So I I just think he was uh, pretty much out of line on this one. Yeah, I I think so too, especially with who he was – who, who he was talking to. I mean, Chuck's like on their side. He's always, he's always been on their side, you know, but you're right. He, all he was doing was depicting on what was going on and it was a frustrating uh, season and Chuck's a fan too. So, and again, I, you know what? I, I think I understand what Tim was trying to say, but he didn't say it correctly. I, I think what he was trying to say is that, Hey, us as players, you know, we're, we're turning the page as players and we're done with last year. All the fans and all the media need to turn it to and stop ask, asking us about it because it's getting annoying. It's basically what he is thinking in his brain. It just came right. out. It, it just came out saying, hey, Chuck, like, you know, you need to be pulling from our rope now. And everybody is because it's a new year. It's spring training. It, it, the optimism's there. But also, like, you know, us as fans, no socks fest, right? The whole, you know. I I, I just, I just feel, I feel like as a Sox fan and and you brought me into this thing, (laughs) but as, as a Sox fan, my, my whole life, it's, it seemed except 2005, basically after 05, it seems like the Sox do it the Sox way, just like Lawrence Holmes says. And, and it's, it's, um, it's frustrating because what they, the way that they do things from front office to players, from a top down, it, it's different and frustrating compared to what other organizations do. And I, I don't know. I, I, I get what Tim's trying to say, but you said it to the wrong guy. And that's why you're hearing a lot about it because you shouldn't have said it to that guy. <laughs> no, you're hundred percent. And when, when Tim lets something leak like that, it, it, it kind of exposes that that's really how the whole franchise thinks of things, which is silly. The fans just want you to win. The announcers, it's much more easier for them to um, announce and uh, celebrate a, a, a team that's a good team rather than – they're not getting any joy out of reporting that the team's doing horrible. And the Sox Fest thing is just – that's just the, the Sox, um, like they saw their shadow and ran back in their uh, in their hole because uh, they just – they didn't have the guts to go face the, the it questions. Was, it was, cow- it was cowardly not having yeah, the Sox Yeah, it was just – that's beyond 
it's 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 sad that a a a, a billion dollar major league franchise even thinks that way. <laughs> that even you know what we're gonna get some difficult questions from a couple you know fans that have a couple <laughs> Pepsi's in them. We better we better not have socks fest this year. What? Oh, yeah. okay. And then everyone agree like that's a good idea. So that that just kind of scares you about what, what the franchise really behind closed doors what they're really like. Um, yeah, it was it was just. It was nonsensical to bring that up. The only thing, uh, while you were talking, um, I thought maybe an angle I wanted to run by you, maybe an angle that I didn't think of before was Ozzy's on that show, and he does call out people by name, and he was on record saying if Anderson came back, that Anders is the better shortstop. He should be playing there. Maybe Tim can't and isn't tough enough to take on Ozzy again. But maybe he could take on Ozzy's take a little, uh, little, partner, little, little partner there, <laughs> and give him a little bit of the what's for because he couldn't do it to Ozzy. Well, that's uh, a great point. That? No, that's a great point because Ozzy will be all up on him. <laughs> if if Tim said, "Oh, hey," like if Tim brought up Ozzy at all, Ozzy would be all over every news station. He'd be he'd be all over the place. I mean, you saw how he went after like Josh Donaldson and stuff like that. I mean, I I, I think that. Um, you know, I, I don't know if, if Tim, I, I don't know if Ozzy would be like crazy about it, but he would just be like, yeah, I said it and I'll continue to say it if they don't play well, you know, because right. he's a no nonsense guy. So, right. um, no, that's a great angle to look at it because, um, but I didn't even think of it that way. I just thought that he just wanted his thoughts to be heard, but maybe they were hearing, uh, they were probably hearing Ozzy more than Chuck. Let's just be honest. Yeah. And that, that's and true. He just got kind of roped into that. That was, you know, the whole booth was like that. And, um, yeah, so I'm thinking maybe he couldn't take on uh, Ozzy. And that's, you know, I love Ozzy. You know that. It was my mom's favorite player. And um, um, I love Ozzy, but he does say what he wants. And this is a uh, franchise that canceled so- Sox Fest and literally wants to control the message. Any any game, Ozzy could say something that it's the last time he's on the air. <laughs> he literally, nope. which makes him great, which, which makes it fun to listen. And authentic. But, but um, you know they are they if if probably if he says something negative and they can get rid of him without a total worrying about the backlash they would so um, but then again that, that anyways that's what I was just thinking maybe uh, happened with the uh, TA going after Chuck a little bit there but um, yeah no yeah I, I I agree and I think it was a a good thing to chat about just because it was something on on Sox news here the past few days and um, I know a lot of people had opinions about it so I just wanted to hear yours on it. I think to wrap the show up here, I, let's chat about our predictions in the AL Central and, and see where we think the White Sox are going to end up, uh, especially, sure. you know, hey, it's it's first day of spring training. First game was yesterday. So let's try to do some early predictions here to see uh, what we think is going to happen. All right. You want to go first or me? It's up to you. Uh, you can go. Who do you think is going to win this thing? Okay, um, I think it's going to be probably, again, a three-team race. Uh, I think the Sox have every chance to be in it. But, again, like we spoke earlier, I think a lot of things have to go right. And the, the more things you have to count on to go basically perfect, because there's some things that we don't even know about that are going to go wrong, every team. A player that has been, you know, a horse that you never have to worry about could go out this year. You, you never know. It, it's going to happen to everyone. So I, I just think too many things have to go right for them to win the division. 
but the two teams that they're in the mix with aren't exactly stalwarts either. Um, Cleveland, I think, is probably my favorite because of their pitching staff. But um, come July, and uh, with, with a couple of their pitchers that have like a year and a half left in their contract, like Bieber and stuff could be out the door because that's just the way their franchise operates. So they could um, lessen their, their, their talent in their club. But look, right now, they look the best. I think the Twins and Sox are pretty 2 and 2A two in my mind. But the Sox could end up in both in front of both of them, depending on how the how the season turns out. So I think they're going to be in it. I think uh, I keep seeing 83 to 84 and a half wins on all the uh, fan graphs and Vegas odds. That seems about right because they should. They were what 81 and 81 last year, and they should be yeah. more healthy this year. We hope. But it was a team that had trouble scoring runs and couldn't hit righties at all. And their best run producer and the guy who hit righties the best, the Braves, not there. So I want to very interested in how that gets better. There's you know so many holes that that need to um, have the things go right to fill them. That I don't think this is a division championship team, and I do not think more than one team will come out of the Central. So um, they have a shot, but I don't think that uh, that they're the favorite. Yeah, yeah, and, and um, they're definitely not the favorite. I, 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 I'd probably assume just like you that the Guardians are the favorite. Obviously, they won it last year, and their pitching staff's pretty good. They got Josh Bell now at first base, um, and then they also got Mike Zanino. So uh, they didn't hit a lot of home runs, and they're hoping that those two guys can. So I, I, I like the Guardians, but I, I also, you know, the Sox have more talent than them. Right. But, but talent's not everything. Obviously you got to play and, and you got to be consistent. And then the twins with Correa and, you know, they got Pablo Lopez, but they got rid of Arias. Thank God they got rid of Arias because he yeah, was, <laughs> he was a Sox killer, but I mean, but I don't, I still don't trust the twins pitching. And I know twins fans say the same thing. And obviously the, the Royals and the Tigers, I don't see them doing anything um, at all really. So right. I, 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 um, I will be optimistic about the Sox and maybe it's just because it's spring training and I'm really happy baseball's back and white Sox baseball's back, but I think they're going to be over on the 84 wins. Um, I, I do think things click this year. I also think the new manager is going to help. I mean, I, I, I really do. Although a lot of people, you can argue that ma- managers don't really change the outcome of a season that much. But you can also mm-hmm. argue that they they can. So I've seen it different ways, especially like last year. Remember when Girardi for the Phillies got fired, and then you know now now Thompson is is the guy, and everyone thinks he's like you know <laughs> he's the savior of the Phillies because they went to the World Series. But maybe that team is just going to do it anyway, or maybe they just needed a change in in um, in voice and in, in leadership. So um, I think this team will probably. I I really do think the Sox are going to win the Central. That's my prediction here. I think they're going to win. I think the Guardians in second, uh, Twins third, Royals four, and Tigers five. But last year I was very wrong, so I could be very wrong this year. I just uh, I'm optimistic about the team. I just don't want to see Larry Garcia play <laughs> and right. start. So the, the, that's that's kind of where my head's at. No, I, I agree. I, I I'd probably go Guardians, Sox, Twins. Um... I guess yeah, Royals ahead of uh, ahead of Detroit. When you brought up Zanino, that was the guy when he was free. I kept thinking that would be perfect match for the Sox. He's good behind the plate. 
whenever he accidentally hits one, it's usually a homer. Of course, he uh, strikes out a lot. And I, I was upset by that signing uh, that didn't happen. And uh, I like Andrus, but I thought all along that Segura should have been their target to get a veteran to play second this year. And uh, I think so too. I was a little disappointed in that because neither one of those guys would have cost any any money in in major league money. But um, well, it was good. This was fun, and uh, I hope you're right. And they, I'll be pulling for them to win the division, and I root for them every game, and uh, I watch every game even. If there's 60 and 100 and there's two games left, I'll still be watching the last two games in end of September, early October. I will um, too, <laughs> unfortunately. So, yeah, unfortunately. It's, it's in our DNA. We can't help it. And and we're going to opening day, which is exciting. We are. We are. And we'll be talking about that more as the as spring training ends and, and uh, opening day will be upon us shortly. So I'm excited about this year. Uh, cautiously optimistic, like I keep on saying. And Thanks again. Episode one. I think we'll plan on doing this uh, um, every week. All right. Okay. I'll be here. And that's a wrap for the first episode of Soxology, the White Sox podcast. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We will be doing a White Sox podcast every Sunday until opening day. Our plan is to do series previews and recaps throughout the season. I will be creating a Twitter account as well, so be on the lookout for that. We're excited to get started. Have a great week.